What Are You Made Of? It's Mike C-Rock. Welcome to What Are You Made Of? Every episode of this podcast is centered around building ourselves and the people in our lives to reach our full potential. I hope that the experiences and stories of success from these conversations can give you rocket fuel to reach new heights and help you answer the question, What Are You Made Of? What Are You Made Of? I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. And subscribe to the What Are You Made Of podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you like watching these, it's available on YouTube at my channel, Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of with your boy, the unstoppable, the inexorable Mike C-Rock. And I'm going to continue to bring you inexorable guests, friends of mine that I have in the real world and virtual world and the clubhouse world. And today, just a, I was telling him before we got started here, he's just infectious with his energy, his vibe. It's just, wait to, just I can't wait to introduce you to Ramon. But before I do that, I want to thank you for your support of the show, the support of my movement, all the things that I get myself into. I'm just really thankful to have you as an audience and as supporters. And so with that being said, I want to introduce you to my friend, Ramon Ray. Ramon is the founder of Smart Hustle Media, and it's an in-demand, oh no, I'm sorry, and he's an in-demand expert in small business success and personal branding. So audiences around the world have learned the art of starting and growing their businesses through Ramon's fun, informative, and high energy, as I mentioned, presentations. Ramon is the author of four books, including Celebrity CEO, all about personal branding. Ramon, welcome to the What Are You Made Up show. Hey, thanks for having me here, Mike. It's good to be here. Good to see you and see your hat in different scenes. Good to hang <laughs> with you a lot online and some mutual circles we're in. So thank you for having me. It's good to be here and pour into your community and learn from you at the same time. Yeah, man. Well, you know, it's an honor to have you. And, you know, I've had a lot of guests, and but I really don't think I've had any with the energy that you have. And I, I keep hammering that because that is important to me. When I have my show and when I go on other people's show, I intend to light it up. And uh, you are probably the one person that could possibly outdo me with that. So thank you for that. And so we have to stick with the tradition here, okay. which is to start every show with the question, what are you made of, Ramon? It's a good question. I think I'm made of a few things. One, my deep, deep faith. I'd like to think so, believe in God. And I think two is that also I like to have a lot of fun. I don't take myself too seriously, but I take what I do seriously. So fun. I think is probably the biggest part of me. I laugh a bit and sometimes I wonder, is it a mask? Is it not? Maybe we'll find out today. I don't know. But I do <laughs> like to have a lot of fun. You know, you get my vibe a bit. Some people are a little we're different, right? Thoughtful and, you know, more strategic. Me, I, I'm like, just go with the flow. Let's just chill. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. I love it. And, you know, uh, let's dig a little deeper. Where'd you come sure. from? Yeah, born in the Midwest, raised in Brooklyn. Well, my wife says I wasn't raised in Brooklyn because she says she's the real Brooklyn girl. So she was born there. I came there as a teen, but I consider myself raised in Brooklyn. So raised in Brooklyn, as I said, offline, lived in New Jersey here for many, many years, raised my children here uh, for the most part. So yeah, kind of all over the USA. Were you in Brooklyn when Biggie was there growing up too? Or I like, don't eight? think so. I don't think so. Yeah. Could have been, but that would have been uh, about 20 years ago. Maybe, yeah, well, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, uh, well, he got, got hot in the 90s, early 90s. Yeah, so, so I was there then. Um, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I wonder, because he kept calling me on my rotary phone and I kept seeing not the caller ID show up. Anyway, that was a bad joke. But um, he didn't blow up the pager at five forty six in the morning. That's what it <laughs> <been>. it <laughs> No, that's great, man. That's great. And so you settled in New Jersey, which is you know I love New Jersey. Don't get me wrong, but the taxes are just too high. So 
I always think about that. We live in, in Maryland, which they're not as high. And then Delaware is in between us, which yeah. tax property taxes in Delaware are just ridiculous. No sales tax. And so I always wonder why New Jersey? Yeah. Well, first I have to, if I'm going to answer why New Jersey, I have to first answer why Brooklyn or why New yeah. York. Yeah. So I yeah. came yeah. to New York and Brooklyn because you know at that age, young enough, my parents, wherever your parents go, you go. So my father died many, many years ago, but my parents were our uh, full-time ministers uh, you know, in church. So I moved because of then, and then we moved to New Jersey just because we felt uh, some of the laws and, and, and restrictions and things that were happening when we were raising our kids, we just kind of weren't with so much. In New Jersey, it was kind of the closest thing to Pennsylvania or other places like that. So we just hopped over the bridge and moved to New Jersey, and we could do some things that we wanted to do with our kids uh, in different ways. So that's, that's really the story. I wish it was cooler than that. And I must say, C-Rock, I don't know if we're going to do it, but we'll probably move again because to your point, what I'm paying now in housing fees and things like that, listen, the New York area, the Northeast is a great place. It's just for us creators, I can give myself a raise because I'm location agnostic for what I do. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. So growing up in a family of pastors, mm-hmm. is that what they were? They were pastors. So, okay. so what was that like? Because you know, I didn't have that. My wife actually did. Her grandfather was a Baptist, Baptist preacher, okay. and um, she grew up in a strict Baptist home. And uh, I know what that was like for her and where we are now with the, the evolution of churches and Christianity, where there's uh, more uh, non-denominational churches or more progressive churches. But what was that like growing up in a, in, a, in a household of people that were working in the church? Sure. I think that growing up, of course, oftentimes you don't know how you're growing up unless there's some beer jacked up problems. You know, that's, yeah, but generally yeah. speaking, you don't know that you didn't have a TV. You didn't know you didn't have Pop-Tarts. You didn't know that you didn't have a bike. You didn't know whatever you didn't know. That's just how it was, right? So yeah, yeah. I think then, yeah, it was, it was strict, but again, no abuse, nothing like that. Great, loving people, just mm-hmm. the, as you, I'm sure you get, the, the faith side. What, how were people interpret what God wants, right? So, yep. But now looking at it as an adult, I, yeah, I, I'm still a person of deep faith, a Christian, but man, C-Rock, as you can see, I'm more of a chill person, like telling my son, my kids, yeah, we have some road guides, some, some bumpers on the road for sure, as any parent should, but it's more yeah. like, okay, you know, you want to drink, I don't know, 10 gallons of soda and you're of age, knock yourself out, go for it. You'll just get really sick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I definitely have a little more chill aspect. And the second thing I'll share, let me know if this is appropriate, you know, meaning I want to flow with the show anything, here, but I think that my father, old school, loving man, but you know, just wasn't a huggy kissy guy. Me, I'm like, okay, everybody, let's bring yeah. it in. And I got my wife yeah, and my yeah. daughter live with me. They're like, dad, we got to go that close. I'm like, yeah, let's go chest to yeah. chest. Let's bring yeah. it in. <laughs> So that's I'm, the kind of dad I am today. I love that too, man. I, I like, I'm a hugger, man. I just, I, I don't know why. I guess my mom was, a, she's a very loving person and always hugging and kissing on me. And yeah, that, that means a lot to me. You know, I think, uh, I think you could transfer energy that way, you know? And, and I just, I always want my kids, I have two kids and I want them to feel loved. I don't want them to ever feel like they didn't have that, you know? And I, you know, but I, I, I like that, that you're like that. It could be, I add, it could be generational. You know, I don't, can't yeah. paint a picture for everybody. But it seems to be parents that may have grown up in the 60s, 50s, 40s, whatever, if my math is off, forgive me. But you know that, not everybody, but could have been a little more tough and rustic and hard work, especially the men. You know, yeah. we don't cry and show love and, hey, bud, pat you on the butt, I love you. I'm not, I don't think many dads, some did, but from hearing, many didn't. Seems like yeah. we fathers and others were more into all that mushy uh, fans will talk, and I'm a girl dad. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, it was awesome to get to meet you up in New York. Um, I was trying. I'm trying to. I don't know if you're going to Kentucky or not. I will be going. Yeah. Yes. So I'm. I'm. I'm on the fence right now because I have so much travel going on, and I'm trying to be that good father and husband too, and make sure that I don't travel too much. 
So I have to pick and choose my spots. Yes. Um, so I may or may not be there, but it was awesome to get to meet you in New York. And, you know, but so growing up in that and having the beliefs of our parents placed in our minds first, that's where it starts. And then we go from there and we have to figure our way through of whether we want to stick. And I'm not talking about Christianity. I'm just talking about sure. beliefs in general. We have to stick with those beliefs or we have to find our way. Sometimes you feel guilty, like going off of that belief system. Can you talk about a little bit about that experience for yourself as you were growing up into adulthood, you know, finding your own way and, and shaping your own belief system? Absolutely. And by the way, C-Rock, if you send me a C-Rock hat and you can't go, I will wear that hat and kind of be you <laughs> there you. if you want to do that. Okay, challenge. So if you can't yeah, go, thank you. you thank FedEx you. that to me, I'll kind I'll of have to see how fast like, I can get that. Yeah, I'll give it a cameo experience, you know, like, yeah, exactly. But yeah, it was interesting. So I went, so again, respecting faiths or non-faiths, but for the point yeah. being of going away. So I went away from the faith of my father, as it were, father, my father and mother for some time. And I think part of that, because in fairness, it wasn't mine, right? You grew up in a family and they say, everybody should drink water. If you're not into drinking water, when you get of age, nothing bad, no shade, you're going to stop drinking water until you get the second transformation, because the first transformation is leaving. Second transformation is in believing something that's important to you, whatever it is. You may choose to believe what they believe, or you may say, no, I'm making a decision. It's not for me at all. And then believe what you want. So in my case, due to my, my father passed away when he was, let's call it premature. You know, when he's in his 50s, he died of some things. And after that, I had my son with me. I can't remember how he was. That was 20 something years ago. Yeah. So my son was six or seven. And, and I had to think, okay, my dad's not here. Or rather, yeah, my dad's not here. And it just kind of hit me, C-Rock, that what do I really believe? I wasn't a grown man, an adult, but meaning sometimes hard times give you that space to think. So my point being, and then my, I had to think, you know, what do I do? What do I do during this time? And, and let me edit something, C-Rock. No, my dad died. My son left our house. Sorry about that. My son left our house as an adult. He yeah. went away from the faith. That got me thinking. So sorry about that. That got me thinking when he wasn't there anymore. What do I believe now? So sorry about that. So that that, yeah. that was the catalyst for me when he left the household in a good way. It's just yeah. it's like, Dad, I'm older. I want to do some things. I had to think, what am I? And my point being, Surak, that brought me back after I had that slap in the face. What do I believe? Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. So, you know, I, I've been through this thing where I'm like, I don't know how old you are. I'm guessing uh, similar, somewhere yes, around. You want, I'm, I'm almost 50. <laughs> okay. So I'm 44. So okay. I don't know if you, you know, the, the, the time frame was the same, but, you know, in the last, Three to four years, I've gone through the transformation, and it's wild because I, I, when I first started going through it, and I opened my eyes to learning and and seeking knowledge and answers and truth, I started to be upset with myself for allowing myself not to do this earlier, mm. and I had to get over that obviously because it's not a good thing. And I realized my window is shorter to impact. I didn't have the mission that I have now, and I wish I would have had it. Like, man, what, why could I have done it when I had more energy and, and more time? And so now I move urgently more faster to squeeze more in smaller times. I don't know. Did you experience that as well? C-Rock, I feel, well, I'm talking to my brother, but I feel like now I really am. Everything you just said, I'm echoing. Maybe it's a 40-year thing. Maybe you and I are just simpatico. I don't know. But yes, the same thing you said. So one, I wake up every morning. I got to whisper because my wife hates when I say it. I'm teasing. She's far away. But I, I wake up every day saying, Ronnie, my wife's name, I'm going to die in 40 to 50 years, give it a take, or I'll get hit by a bus. She says, stop talking that way. I'm like, Ronnie, it's a fact. So that's one. I get, if that's similar to what you're saying, I wake up yeah. with a clock. It's today. Yeah. It's X yeah. clock on X date. I'm talking to C-Rock. Who have I impacted? Who can I help today? Really? And then as you said, the second thing, you know, even my finances. So I've started four companies, sold two companies. You've had quite a bit of success, I know as well. But I must say C-Rock, and I tell people openly, a lot of that was started with credit cards, taking nothing away from me. I started companies and I did sell and been blessed. 
It's just now reading, maybe, our, maybe you know also Mike McCallum with Prophet First and others like that, you know, reading those things, I'm now, wow, I'm behind the eight ball in building financial wealth, building legacy. So yeah, I, I empathize with you. And, and I'm curious if I may ask you the host, but can I ask you a question? Yeah, no, absolutely. Good. Sometimes with me, I, sometimes I kick myself and like, man, like I just heard our mutual friend Scott Simon talking about, you know, well, I've been saving money since I was like two years old. And I'm like, dang, <laughs> I haven't been doing that. But then I'm like, it's my journey. So I'm curious, do you ever, at the same yeah. time you kick yourself, you're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like one thing you got to be thankful and, and grateful for where you are. Cause look, you know, I got to say like from us to our parents and, and our grandparents, life is easier. Let's face it. I mean, they, they had it tough compared to what we have, but yeah, I mean, I think to myself, like I could have been so much further along and yeah. yeah and it's not that difficult of, of info. It's, it's stuff that, but I just didn't realize why I think, I think when I was told the things I was more preached at and told you should do this, you should do that. And not really the, the emotions of what it would feel like to be financially free, the emotions and Everything wasn't really painted to me. Now I got to take responsibility. The fact that I didn't listen, mm-hmm. but I think that we need to paint the picture better to the youth and let them know why. And the fact that you know, telling our story for what we went through. And if we would have just did this, we would be here. And you know, my son has an opportunity right now to be in tech. He's 15 years old, okay. and we have this 10x incubator with Grant Cardone mm-hmm. that we launched. And we're looking for co-founders of all ages, and we actually have a program for them to learn from to become a tech co-founder. And he has this opportunity right now. And I present it to him and I'm not pushing on him, present it to him. Hey man, you have an opportunity to like do whatever you want. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we have, a, and it's just not something he's like grabbing onto. And it's like, man. I bet inside it is a bit grabbing you a bit, right? It's like, ah, yeah, yeah, you, you have to, but yeah, you know, it's one of them things, man. So, so talk about, talk about selling companies, starting with selling companies and yeah. what made you want, I guess, at some point decide to sell the company you had. Sure. So a lot of my uh, starting companies, I think for some reason, C-Rock, I just, and I believe I have it to this day, and you can help me say this even better. I believe some are professional startup people on triple noors. They have the vision for scaling, going big. That's not quite me. I just like doing projects, doing stuff. So slight difference, if that makes sense. And it so happens, I've been blessed two times. I hope I have a third time, <laughs> a little smarter than the first two, but two times by building something that somebody else saw value. So I've started four companies. One was a small technology consulting company, just literally, just me, just doing some Microsoft Access. Anybody shout out Microsoft Access mm-hmm. and Microsoft mm-hmm. front page and all that back in the day. I dissolved that company, started over 20 years ago when I was younger. I'm, as I said, I'm almost 50 now, so in my early 20s, I think, as I recall. Um, then the second company was smallbiztechnology.com, online blog. The domain C-Rock I got in April 1999, I sold it a year ago. So that was 20 years to the date. And then uh, I had an event business, which I sold to a blogger. So my point being is that I believe I sold these because serendipitously, talking to someone like you or other people in a network, you say one thing and say, wait, Ramo, wait, you said what? You have a blog? Are you looking for somebody to buy it? You know what, dude? I'm interested. That's how it happened. I wasn't really gotcha, like seeking gotcha. and going to some selling.com event or something, but Great. mutual friends. I wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book, Rocket Fuel, is available for sale now at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get a copy and share it with your friends and family. It will change lives, guys. I will not let you down. Now back to the show. And what's the value in a blog would be the, the audience and the content that's on there, those two things? Okay. In the blog, gotcha. it was the, the, uh, less the, the, the content and the domain authority. In fairness, okay, you yeah. know, it's not like you're yeah. selling widgets. 
It's mm-hmm. digital stuff. So somebody else said, hey, Ramon has traffic. Ramon has a domain. I can easily put this into my existing system, lower the cost, and we can keep printing money. Yeah. And then so on the journey, when you started those businesses and like the blog, for example, on the journey, you had a vision, you executed on the vision. And as you were starting off in the beginning, how long did it take you to get traction? Yeah. Uh, I like that word. <laughs> um, yeah. It took a while. Each one was different. So the first, I'll, I'll talk about the event business because that I did with a partner. Um, and I say that those who can't see me, I happen to be a black guy. But the reason why I think it's funny, so please laugh at me, people. She was this old gray-haired white lady, and I was this skinny black dude. So we just made like a, she was the a very cautious accounting type. I'm like, Marion, I'm going to put my credit card down due. Oh, Ramon, let's, let's wait. Let's run the numbers. What numbers? <laughs> but it was a great combination. <laughs> I brought the sizzle, the marketing, the showmanship. She's like, wait, you know we need chairs, Ramon. I'm like, oh, that's right. We should have chairs at an event, shouldn't we, Marion? So we brought good thing. But, um, but yeah, I think the, it started, the traction started definitely for the event business, probably the third year. I did the event about 10 years in a row. And I think it was a third year when we stopped losing money, got a bit smarter. And it's kind of like priming a pump. And I'm sure you know these things like you first do it, nobody cares. Second time you do it, you're kind of faking it a bit more. Third time, the people you really want are like, oh, okay. And yeah, then they, the you're serious. They see that it. you're serious, right? Yeah. You're committed. You know, a lot, a lot, I think, and I've seen this over and over again too, with the, with the bigger people that have had success, they understand what it took to get where they are. And they know there's going to be people coming and going, trying things. And it, but the real committed people that stay there, like that, that annoying bug that just is there, you're like, you got to take this thing seriously now. Yeah. And that, that's what people look for that have made it. They look for people that are consistent. And so during that time, though, what did you do for money? Like, was it, did you, oh. did you make enough money to live off of that or did you have some other flow? Great question. Yeah. So I had many of these businesses I started with side hustles. I was working full time at the United Nations until I got fired. So a lot of my business was, was the, were, were in my mind, it was full-time. And that's probably why I got fired because I gave everything to it. But my nine to five, I was very distracted, but I was at the UN in a cubicle. And I must say, I shouldn't poo-hoo it. I learned a lot at C-Rock. It was with good people. Where else can you see, you know, the president, I think at the time, it would have been the two George Bushes, Hamid Karzai of Afghanistan at the time, right? That was the time when Jeez. Colin Powell was there. So it was good learning, but man, it wasn't, my passion wasn't there. So yeah, the income was coming from full-time United Nations income until because of my ventures and my side hustles, they fired me. And that thrust me into full-time entrepreneurship. So no more could I be like, oh, sure, C-Rock, I'll fly to your house for free or I'll go here. No, no, no. Where's the money coming from? (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. All right. So I'm asking questions I know my audience would have. So um, now let me ask you this. What are you doing now? Sure. And how did you get into what you're doing now? Sure. Today, my fourth company is Smart Hustle Media, and I have three revenue streams. If it's helpful for others, especially listening or you know learning, but one is I'm a full-time speaker, so I'm paid to go entertain or speak host events. And I say that clearly because some people I know you know it's C Rock, but like, okay, what do you really do? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no, yeah, stop. Yeah. <laughs> a yeah. large part of my income is large tech brands. That's the primary audience and others saying Ramon will pay you to be on our stage or on our Zoom and host it. So that's one. Second is those similar brands. We have a marketing agency. So the large tech brands, Oracle. Verizon, Microsoft, companies like that are our clients. They pay us money to produce content and share that to our small business audience, second revenue stream. And then third, we're getting into C-Rock. I haven't done it much. I should probably hit you up on fact. We'll do stuff together is creating content for my community. People think, oh, Ramon, you must be a consultant. You must you know, sell something to small businesses. I don't. It's, it's ironic. I have a large following of them, but my money comes from the large tech brands who pay me to reach them, if that makes sense. Yep. 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 That makes sense. Now, but how did you get into that? Like, how did okay. you come up with the idea to do that? Sure. So while I was doing smallbiztechnology.com, which is the blog I started, you know, the second company I sold 
last year. So I'm, you know, I know blogging and content, and I've been in that space for years. That's my forte, not mindset. I'm not diversity inclusion. I'm a blogger, a content guy. Um, gotcha. So I had that company, but I was just tired. C Rock. We talk about tech, and I know today we talk about AI and Bitcoin and crypto. But when I was doing small biz technology, imagine a vendor saying, "Oh, Ramon, we have a new printer. It prints two pages more per minute." Oh, Ramon, check out the new mouse. I just got very bored of that C Rock. Because for small businesses, I think for most of us, the tech we use is boring. Meaning you have your finances, you have your marketing, have your CRM. We're not getting into AI programming, the smallest of us. So you get my point. So my point being, so I got into it because I wanted to shift and do this stuff more. So I bought a domain, bought it on my credit card. I think the domain Smart Hustle CROC, as I remember, seven to 15,000, something like that. I paid for it through an escrow account, paid some guy, I think in Sweden, he owned it. And that launched Smart Hustle. And so it's kind of, taking the brand, the aura that Ramon still had over the last 20 years, but I shifted it. It took me a few years to get rid of the, I'm the small business technologist to being I'm the smart hustler, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah. And what was your first gig with a big uh, tech company? Do you remember? Yeah, probably the first one ever. And this was not even, this you know, still with small biz was Inc. Magazine had a gig and UPS was their client. They needed someone to interview UPS. They're like, Ramon, we'll give you a free ticket to uh, Inc. You know, Inc. 500 or Inc. 5000 now, but Inc. 500, can you come? So I, I probably was paid an honorarium, maybe, maybe not, but that was my first taste. Oh, brands. And I can't say from there it's history, but you know, once you produce enough good content, as you do, as you know, mm-hmm. people see it. So yeah. that started me yeah. having brands say, hey, Ramon, we see you have this content. Can we pay you to do this or can you speak? And, and one of the things was Black Enterprise. And Inc. Magazine also paid me to write for them, uh, C-Rock. And what was interesting, they said, Ramon, back then, 15, 20 years ago, whatever it may have been, we'll pay you a dollar per word. I told my wife, dollar per word? That's stupid. And then they're like, can you write 2,000 words? I'm like, wait, stop, stop. You pay somebody $2,000 to write this? I'm like, okay. So that opened my eyes to this more of the more side to this world of content and monetization. Yeah. Yeah. Like some of these big companies, man, they like the money they spend is like, it would blow our minds, right? Exactly. Like, on, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll pay the hundred thousand there. And it's like, it's just like a write off, like not just a tax write off, but just, I got you. Uh, yeah, no, no, I love that. And uh, I wanted to ask you another thing about that for a second. I had to just slip my mind. Shoot. I know it floated uh, like it went just, yeah, no, no. Cause I'm, well, well I'll, I'll be honest, like, and I'm transparent. When I'm podcasting with people, I'm paying attention, man. Yes. I'm into it. And then, I, and then when you stop, sometimes I'm like, Oh shoot! I'm the host. <laughs> I got you, got you. So, and I've been doing this for a while, but uh, you know, uh, anyway. I can give some tips or insights if you want. I can, I can, I can riff some more if you like. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, no, it's great. I'm still thinking about what you just said, so oh, I'm just like, I appreciate it. yeah. So then, from there, you did the smart hustle, and then you have the content, and then you have the big tech and all that. And then uh, I was going to tell you something. Oh, I know what I was going to tell you. So yeah. when I first started my podcast and I started writing my book, I had Tim Story. I ran into him in Vegas. And I said, man, I'd love to have you on my show. He said, sure, hit me up. And I'm at that time, I was just starting out and I wasn't afraid to ask people, but I was blown away that Tim Story said yes. I'm like, oh, okay. And Grant said yes. And some other people that, and then it just gave me that confidence boost. But Tim told me, because I'm very impatient to where I know, like I have this clear vision of where I'm going. Like I know already. Other people don't know. They got to get on board. They got to figure that stuff out. I already know it's there. It was you know? like, the train's leaving. You need to <laughs> swim and get your, or, or jump on the, in the water to catch up to me. <laughs> well, no, it's a rocket ship. So anyway, but the thing is, is that since I know that already in my mind, I'm like, why am I not there yet? Like, let's go. So I had this conversation with Tim about patience. Yeah. And he said, listen, he said, you just keep doing what you're doing, mm. building the building of content like you're talking about, and we will come find you. 
Yes. You won't have to look like you don't have to go out and hunt. We will come find you. And darn if it wasn't true. Like, you know, like, you know, the, the great Les Brown, he's got, he's scheduled to come on. I didn't even have to reach out to Les. Somebody reached out to me about Les. Our friend Devin, you know, Devin, Devin Rodriguez, or I think uh, he, he reached out to me. And then, and then from there, Amelia, our yeah. friend Amelia reached Ooh. out and she's like, you know, she came on and then she's like, you know, Solomon Ali would love to, you know, be on your show. I'm like, this is crazy. I'm just C-Rock. I'm the guy like that just had this little mortgage, you know? So my point is, is that belief and then consistency, and then people will come find you because they know that you're serious and you ain't going nowhere. Right. And I love that. Did you said that? So you're right, what, is, what is something in the future that you have your sights on or targeted that's lighting you up every day? Yeah. I think uh, there's two things. I think one right now I'm in the journey of I'm out of survival mode by God's grace. And I'm in the journey to build oh, more wealth for today legacy for my family, my retirement, never do, but retirement, they call it in America, and giving more money away. That's one bucket. But next, next thing, tactically, I'd like a TV show. And then I'm done. I'm done. Not done with life, but like Ramon has no more goals. Meaning anybody I want to reach, I've reached. I'm not trying to meet the Kardashians. I know Seth Godin. I don't need to reach you know, Dalai Lama. I've interviewed President Obama. So that kind of feather in the cap stuff, I'm yeah, blessed. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, that, that itch is done. But a yeah. TV show, and I'm almost there. Oh, C-Rock, I'll tell you. I would reach out to one of the three-letter networks to do a show on their OTT. So meaning not where your grandmama can click the remote, but those who have smart TVs and apps, yep. but it's still connected to that brand if you feel what I mean. Imagine. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah. When that happens, that'll be a step if I prove myself, like you said. And they found me, to your point. When I prove well, myself to them, the next big dog in the big network, they're probably looking at the OTT stuff and they'll say, ooh, Let's take this time. We got to get this guy. That's yeah, we got to get this guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's already happened as far as my mind goes. I, I don't know if you're that as certain as I am, but I, I know that it's already happening for you. Uh, and I'm here and, with you. you know, well, yeah, yeah. And what, what's the show going to be about if you can talk about it or, or a theme? Yeah, no, I can't. It'll be, they said, actually, it's whatever I want, but it's going to be entertainment. And if you heard any of my segments on a Breakfast of Champions, kind of a top 10, I think for me, I'm just not like you mentioned Tim's story, right? Wonderful guy. So I'm saying this in love and teasing. I'm not yeah. like the deep, introspective. Hey, C-Rock, let's look at our minds and Dalai Lama and, right. you know, who's the other, the other sevens. And that's just not me. Yep, yep, I'm, like, yep. I'm like, hey, mortgage rates are going up. Airline miles are coming back. You can lose weight. Here's three things. I'm just, that's just me. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. No, I, love like that. I love it. I love it. But look, man, I want to thank you for coming on the show and lighting it up with us. You did that. And I really appreciate it. And just so you know, once you're in my world, in my environment, I'd do anything for you. So if you need anything I can help you with, I don't know what that is right now. But just all you got to do is reach out and I'm yours, brother. I appreciate it. Likewise, C-Rock. Thanks for having me here in C-Rock community. Love y'all. Thank you so much, brother. Thank you, Ramon. You guys have been listening to the What Are You Made Of podcast with your boy, the unstoppable Mike C-Rock with the unstoppable, I will say, Ramon. And he is on a mission. He's going to have a TV show. Watch out for it. And we will definitely uh, do some kind of project together here in the future. I know that for sure. But thank you for listening. Till next time, be unstoppable. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What Are You Made Of? Be sure to check my website out at themikecrock.com, themikecrock with no K.com, and let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential. Feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Again, thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode. I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at my website, Mike crock.com forward slash book that's mike croc.com forward slash book go get yourself a copy thank you so much for your support and your listenership it means the world to me